A typical American family is seen through the eyes of Italian filmmakers gets attacked by an alien creature that travels through their televisions. We watched the spooky 1986 horror comedy Terror Vision on Bottom of the Barrel. Hello everyone and welcome to Bottom of the Barrel, where we find terrible movies on Netflix and Hulu and review them for you. I'm your host, Jeff Bell. If you couldn't tell by the opening, it's Hollow Stream Month here at Bottom of the Barrel, where all month long we'll be focusing on bad horror movies from the 70s and 80s leading up to a special Halloween episode. That'll be a nice little surprise. Today's movie is a special movie from the 80s called Terror Vision. It's listed on IMDb as a horror slash comedy slash sci-fi and once you're 30 seconds into it you pretty much realize there's no horror element in this at all if you've ever seen the movie gremlins or killer clowns from outer space or revenge or attack of the killer tomatoes it's that style of quote-unquote horror movie where it's really not taking itself seriously and most of the time the characters are just mugging at the frames uh, or the camera frame and it's just it's you you cannot be scared by these movies because it's so over the top and so ridiculous that it's just it's not even funny anyways let's get on to the review the movie opens with the best special effects shot i have ever seen ever I am being so sarcastic right now, it's not even funny. Of the planet Pluton, where a reject from Jabba's sail barge teleports a giant roadkill-looking creature using a model of the Starship Enterprise. It makes sense if you saw it. The creature bounces around a handful of planets, complete with cartoon sound effects, as we're treated to the opening credits, complete with theme song that uses the film's title as its hook. Prepared to be wowed. After the credits, we're treated to the happy family of the 80s, with a wife doing aerobics, a daughter with hair twice the size of her own head, and a husband who can't install a giant satellite dish that is no way on a soundstage. The crazy cliché grandpa arrives who's still caught up in the war from 30 years ago, ranting about satellite dishes and other cliché war security things. So just as the husband bangs the dish a few times, no, that's not a euphemism, the roadkill alien signal finds its way to the newly installed dish. Later in the evening, when the wife for some reason is still wearing her workout outfit, the family fight over which show to watch, causing the satellite dish to malfunction and tune to a terrible Elvira ripoff. While the family watches, the cliché Cindy Lauper daughter's boyfriend, who's in no way a 30-year-old portraying a high school Billy Idol slash Quiet Riot wannabe, shows up to meet the parents. After a quick meetup, the parents leave to go swinging. Yep, it's exactly as it sounds. Leaving Grandpa and the son alone to watch television. In the process, they somehow manage to open a portal to view the alien roadkill. Hours later, the alien roadkill manages to actually come out of the television and scare awake the sleeping Grandpa and son. The Grandpa, who believes what he just saw was a burglar, and not an 8 foot tall alien from another planet, takes the son to his gigantic bomb shelter to stock up and prepare for an attack against the burglar. The satellite dealer shows up, at what must be the latest house call ever made in a movie, to help fix the dish just as Grandpa and Son start combing the house. After a brief and pointless scene with the repair guy outside, or inside, it's a stupid set, the Grandpa and Son continue to recon the house. We're given a taste to the amazing interior decorating of it, including paintings of half-naked people, boobs, and a statue that leaks water from its boobs. Man, I love the cliché Italian 80s. So just as the grandpa and son split up, the alien finds the satellite repairman and kills him. When the grandpa goes looking for the source of the noise, the roadkill puppet alien comes out of the television and grabs a hold of the grandpa only to have him... squeeze green goo out of his head? And then lick up the juice and suck up the body. 
Wow. Awesome. The parents return home with their cliche over-the-top 80s swinger couple when the son attempts to tell his parents that grandpa was sucked up by an alien. When the mom doesn't believe him, she takes the son to the grandpa's bomb shelter where the alien regurgitates grandpa's head on his tongue and pretends that he's alive. Okay. Mom locks the son inside the shelter only for him to find that the alien roadkill isn't there anymore. Ooh. Watching the Elvira ripoff, the son gets the idea to call the host of the show and try to explain the situation to her for some reason, only to have her not believe him hang up and create a jump scare. Ooh, ah, ooh, oh boy, I nearly got my heart beating there. I didn't at all. It wasn't scary. Basically, the next five minutes play out with nothing really important happening until the husband swinger that the parents got goes back to the hot tub to talk to his wife, only to find that she's conveniently hiding just below the surface of a layer of fog that's apparently now in the hot tub, which hides the fact that she's actually already dead. After killing the husband, it proceeds to kill the parents of the son and daughter too, squirting more green goo stuff all over the place, leaving the son as the only survivor. But oh wait, the Cindy Lopper wannabe and her Slayer boyfriend show back up, having partied all night at the party, you know, that's where the party is, to find the boy blasting his way out of the locked bomb shelter. The son tries explaining to his sister about what had happened. She doesn't believe him, of course, and takes him to their parents' bedroom, uh, which would be really creepy to do, where the alien has all five heads, yes, including grandpa's, sticking out from the bed to trick the kids into thinking that everything is just fine, except now they're gonna need years and years of psychiatric help. Going back to the Slayer boyfriend, the alien teleports out of the screen and goes after him, who can't do anything more than just say, Whoa, dude, for five frickin' minutes. And just before the creature is going to end this terribly walking cliche of a boyfriend character, it has a flashback to its master, who happens to have worn the same type of leather glove. <laughs> what a coincidence. So they proceed to teach the alien how to eat junk food. Okay. Listen to 80s heavy metal music and teach it how to speak their names, because what else would you do with a giant creature from outer space that just killed your parents? So the three get the idea to try and get the alien roadkill on television by calling the Elvira wannabe who conveniently drinks a Heineken that constantly faces the camera, making me think this movie had some kind of a sponsor. Not sure what gave me that idea. After receiving the message from the alien roadkill's master from the beginning that says to be careful of the creature because it could go on a drastic eating binge if excited too much, Oh, so just like a fat guy, the creature does just that and eats the Slayer boyfriend just as the police arrive with a warrant to arrest the son, because calling for help twice is a reasonable excuse to arrest anyone. Obviously. Now with just the son and the daughter, oh, cause the creature ate the cop too, did I forget to mention that? The two realize their parents were just badly done puppets earlier and now are on their own. Tracking the creature to the hot tub, where it manages to find the one movie on TV that's about aliens attacking, they throw the controller to the satellite into the hot tub to temporarily electrocute him. Running from the room, the alien roadkill's master teleports to the TV, apparently that's just like a normal mode of transportation for these aliens, into the living room and tells the kid that the roadkill is actually a pet of his. Ew. But before he can take him back, the Elvira ripoff shows up, mistakens the master for the real alien, and kills him. The roadkill creature busts through the wall just like the Kool-Aid man and starts sucking the three towards him. Yet, because he can apparently do that. And they all die. No, seriously. That's the end. Everyone's dead. Cut to black. Credits. <laughs> what a waste of 90 minutes. So of course I highly recommend this movie. 
This was one of those movies that I didn't know before I started watching it whether or not it was actually a legitimately serious film because the concept sounded like they could actually attempt to make a semi-decent horror film, but obviously right after the opening credits, that concept, that thought was just gone from my head. There is absolutely no way that anybody could mistake this movie for being a serious film just from watching the opening scene the opening shot of an establishing shot of the pluton planet is obviously a model and as as i said the 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 building that the master of the alien roadkill lives in is so obvious a starship enterprise model that has been taken apart slightly and then made to look like some sort of like ray thing it's it's so so obvious, so ridiculous. So once uh, once we saw that, I realized, okay, this is going to be one of those types of movies. And the whole thing is shot on an obvious set. There is obviously no real house here except for the exterior of the house, where you only see that uh, like two or three times when the vehicles pull up outside of it. But uh, it's so cheesy. There's no way anybody could be scared of it. If anything, the couple special effect shots are done kind of well. And when I say special effect shots, I mean the couple of the deaths, but even those are just stupidly cheesy. There is no nudity in this film. There is, uh, I don't believe any swearing. I don't recall any of that in it. So it kind of falls short on the cliche 80s horror movies, uh, which always seem to have both of those in it. But uh, it still is a still is kind of enjoyable just because of how stupid it is and the ending of it it's supposed to be that kind of a twist ending that uh, because i actually left out the the actual final final ending of it it's it's just the elvira lady tapping her driver on the shoulder back in the car telling him to go to the studio and then it cuts to black but it's it's obviously not her it's obviously the alien creature posing as her it's just so so ridiculous and it was supposed to be like oh no the alien creature is gonna move on and you know start taking over the it's i i know <laughs> no there's nothing in this movie that's gonna make you go oh no i need to see it again or i need to see a part two which i think is why I've there is no part two, uh, among many, many reasons. But besides that, the movie is a good, uh, good nine, probably a 90 minute film, just kind of a cheesy romp just to watch some very, very over the top stereotypes. There was a couple good jokes in the whole movie. Uh, it made me laugh every once in a while. And then again, like I said, this, the, the cliche view, cause the daughter basically is dressed like Cindy Lauper. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's, it's really like the Italian filmmakers just looked at America and went, ah, what a Cindy Lauper. That's, that's, that's a cliche daughter. And oh, the grandpa is obviously a war vet and the parents are obviously swingers. Like it was just the broadest stereotypes possible for the American uh, family at the time. And it just, it's funny to see just how over the top it is but it is a good movie so that was the first film for hollow stream month here on bottom of the barrel uh keep listening each week we're going to be picking out more terrible films from the 70s and 80s specifically quote-unquote horror movies and uh, then we'll end on a special additional bonus episode on halloween itself which i know halloween is a wednesday usually these things go up on sundays I'm just going to be doing another one just for you guys, because that's how much I care. So thank you for listening to this week's episode of Bottom of the Barrow. Join me next week for more scary and spooky films. It'll be electrifying.
Oh god, how does Vincent Price do that? For more information about this and other programming, visit our official website at www.ghosthat.net.